who has been everywhere early on. Oh, oh. He's going to kick his fourth. The dancing feet of Doug Martin, Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphy. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs into space. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have done each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon footy club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, good to be back. Bombers win two in a row. Uh, so uh, what we're, num- we're eighth on the ladder, so it's things are looking, like they're looking not good. too bad. They're looking yeah. t- like you said, we've, we've played a lot of tough teams. We've had a tough start to the season and... The boys have played through it. They've got a couple of wins out of it that you potentially wouldn't have thought so. And now we we get to play the guys and girls that aren't in the eight and you can see what happens. So re- really positive in, positive in the direction. Yeah, exactly. And and look, uh, it's funny. The, the, the game wasn't a, a fantastic spectacle, you would say. No. But, and so we the time talking about this game will be very, very limited because – We've got two amazing guests coming up. So I might have only teased one on the Facebook page, but there's two. <laughs> yes. So uh, probably in about, uh, we'll see in about 10, 15 minutes, we're going to have Jai Caldwell calling in. Mate, you said that very quickly. Like, it just <laughs> happens every other day. Mate, we've got one of the young guns from the Essendon Footy Club. Thank you very much to the Essendon Footy Club, mate. They have given us access to one of our young guns in Jai Caldwell, mate. Yeah, so he'll he'll be calling into the show. Yep, uh, and then our good friend Ed Pasco, who um, is a pretty much an AFL scout. He does a lot of the AFL scouting for uh, sixteen, nineteen kind of year old players. Yep, uh, and what he doesn't know about uh, sort of trade period and, and draft and, period and draft periods and stuff, you don't need to know. So he's going to talk us through the mid season draft, uh, which is happening in the next forty eight hours. And what the options are. And he's also going to talk about the Essendon James Hurd Academy. Yeah. Which of the NGA players are going well. And he'll give us a, a an update on Kobe Buick on his form so far this Mate, year. The, the man, the myth, the legend, the boy, the myth, the legend. <laughs> so a lot to cover. A Huge full pack show. show. So we're not going to, like I said, usually we're not going to go over too many stats. Pretty much hardly at all. So yeah. uh, look, I, I think Brad Scott probably summed up the the game perfectly in his uh, post game presser. He said it was a professional win and one no one would want to watch again. So, yes, <laughs> so absolutely. Uh, and I think that's kind of where things are at. So uh, I I have to say I'm not quite sure where the uh, Fox Footy commentators were at because uh, strange when you're 34 points up and you're hearing comments like. Essendon's not handling West Coast well at all, and yeah, West yeah. Coast has got our measure and all this sort of stuff. It's the like, most biased <laughs> BS commentary <laughs> yeah, I've okay. ever heard. We're six goals in front. Yeah. Like, uh, pardon me, but uh, look, um, I, I thought it was a good professional win. It's 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 one that you, you just fly home. That's done. You, you've done what you needed to do. Uh, uh, I think for me, the standout by far is Nick Martin. That was just an amazing game. Uh, Smooth. He's just an incredible footballer. Mate, it's, mum, it's mum's home cooking. That's that's what it was. I don't actually know if he visited his home while he was there, <laughs> but it would have been mum's. She would have whacked on a roast dinner for him. Back in he WA. Have, yeah. That's it. Back in WA. He would have slept in his old bed. Would have been comfy as you like. Woke up the next day and had a blinder. That's so the way you do it. He was just, yeah, he was just all class. And, and what a delight 
he is to watch playing football. So, Azaki Merritt, obviously uh, another great game, following on very, very good form and, and having a, a great year as captain so Mate, far. all of the indicators are there. I, I keep saying it for us to be successful. The, the, the names in the positions need to have those high positions and stuff. So, I mean, Zach Merritt, 32. Nick Martin, just just elevating his game even higher to um, 30-odd touches at 77. But again, the the names like Mason Redman at 31, geez, that bloke is having a hell of a season. Like, you would have to be seriously talking about All-Australian for Mason Redman just because of the influence that he's had. He's pinching a goal um, every other mm. game. He's 31 touches again. Jordan Ridley, 28. Andy McGrath, 26. Um, Heps, 24. Like, it's it's to see and Jai, our, our guest tonight on the show, mate, another 20 possessions um, in a really good, tough um, uh, tough sh- show. We've got um, 16 handballs and a heap of marks and stuff. So, like I said, we, we can go through the stats, but just to just to show you that the, the usual suspects, the guys that are really influential on our game, are getting those possessions and being influential. Yeah, some good leadership from you know from that you want from the McGraths and Ridleys yeah. and Redmonds and Merritts and uh, you're getting that kind of leadership. And I, even though he didn't have a massive influence, I think Jakey Stringer's doing a lot of bullocking work yep. in, in the middle of those centre bounces. That's helping us out a lot. So. Uh, and, and Wiedemann's having a, a really good run. So I'm, I'm really wrapped with, with how the group's going. Uh, Hobbsy and Perks, they're oh doing man. really as well. Yeah, Hobbsy and Perks, I mean, they're, Perks are like when you, when you see his, his, some of his stats as far as score involvements and inside 50s, and they're like top three. So he's, yeah. he's top three in goal kicking. Uh, and and he's doing really, really well. So uh, I know he doesn't get you 20, 25, but... Gee, he's one of the more damaging fifteen disposal kind of plays at the moment. Uh, that has him has a big has a big impact every time he touches it. So, loving it. Um, Want to call out S Draper? S Draper, um, one goal, one thirteen possessions, four marks. Mm. This is the sort of stuff that needs to be his bread and butter moving forward, right? That kind of four marks and the one goal, one and competing in the ruck. That's it's vital to the club's success moving forward. And when he does it, we look like a good side. So well done, Sammy. Great game. Yeah, and uh, I, I felt like Sammy just might be playing with a little bit soreness because I don't know how anyone felt. He wasn't, wasn't totally he's jumping as high in the centre bounce as normally does. You don't normally see him getting beaten in the centre bounce just yeah. on that part. But, um, but you know, there was a, there was talk of that he went to a scan today. So let's hope there's nothing bad about Oh, okay. Um, but... Uh, I remember in the post post game interview on the club website, he did say he got a bit of a hit from uh, I think it was a bit of friendly fire. So, oh no, he got a he got a, ha- a hospital hand pass. He was complaining about. Okay, <laughs> so um, let's hope he's all right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just things are looking okay. And and Peter Wright's you know imminent of, return, yeah, yeah, imminent return. Um, maybe outside chance, I assume, but this week, but probably the following week. Um, Sanus will start in the VFL this week, and I'm gonna be all over the VFL. I want to watch that kid play, mate. <laughs> uh, and so there's there's some good things happening. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even welcome back to the backline, Jaden Laverde. Um, fifteen touches down there. His last quarter, man. If you watch that again, yeah, he he just clicked into Jaden Laverde groove. Took him groove two again. and a half to sort of three quarters to get himself back into the groove. Yeah, and that last quarter was the reason why he was walked straight back into the side. Yeah, he started to do that kind of intercept marking and and. And yeah, he had a really good good last quarter. So, I really liked the grind out win against the Eagles. Yeah, um, it was a bit ugly, but it was like you said, it was a 
we, we said it on the pod on the Thursday night team selection show. We should go to WA. We should. It looked like a beautiful ground. I must say, I, I want to get over there and see a game because it looks like a, a nice ground. It, I mean, the sun. I reckon the sun permanently shines in WA anyway. But um, it looked like a nice ground to show off our skills to be able to do what we needed to do, and we did it. We 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 went over there. We were professional. It's not easy um, to to play over there. Um, so we went over. We put our best foot forward against a team that we should beat. We beat them by 10, then we beat them by 14 in the next quarter, and it racks up and you got a 50-point win, which people go, oh, we, that was the worst game that we played all year. We should have beaten them by 100. <sighs> no. No, 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 no. You, you, you want to get in there. You, want, you don't want to be dragged down to their level. You want to get out without any injuries. You want to win by a reasonable margin because you should, and then you want to fly the hell home. And that's exactly what happened. So it's a sign, like you said, of a professional club. Yeah, no, look, I have to say this. I still think that in just with that kind of feedback, because I saw it on social media as well, that it was almost disappointment of a 50-point yeah. win. I still think we're underappreciating Parrish, Setterfield and Sheila because, I mean, they're... they're oh, that's a good point. The West Coast centre line, if you did like a rotating centre line of, of Gaff and Sheed, Gimby, Yao... Kelly. Kelly, Hunt, Duggan... Um, you know, that, it's pretty good names. Like, and they're obviously Hernback and Barasback and has played in Perth. I just, you know, they got a rocket up them uh, this week. I thought West Coast competed really, really hard. Huh. I mean, obviously 10 times more than the Hawthorne game. Huh. Um, I just thought it was a good professional win. I was, you know, I, I seriously considering our outs as well because – uh, that was, you know, with the Gaff and Kelly and all that, that was Hobbs and Perkins and, yeah. and Caldwell and these yeah. guys beating them. We should be happy about that. I'm ecstatic about kids. it, man. Like, they're just young players and and we should be really happy that they come in. You know, we, those, you know, obviously, those names who are out in the midfield, that's twice in a row, those same three names out. And we've won two in a row. We, we should be wrapped that our backups, uh, midfielders, have put themselves forward that well. Absolutely. Coldwell 31 and against the Dreamtime, almost best on ground. Yep. And, and so I, I thought Hobbs has had two really big impactful games. Fighting is fighting. Perkins is really damaging. And so it's, you know, Mick, Nick Martin, you have to put in that because he's so young. He's yeah. the same. He just, he plays like he's 28, but he's 21, 22. So um, you have to add him into that midfield rotation as well. So we should be wrapped that these guys are all 22 and under that, are doing the number on on these midfielders, so I, I I'm more happy than I think other people probably are. Uh, because I thought I uh, I don't take anything for granted in the AFL lens, and and there were some names I saw in the West Coast go, they're more out of form or just a bit lost, but they came to play this game, yeah. West Coast, and I thought a 50 point win was a really good effort, and and I loved that we won every quarter. We just grinded and grinded, and it was a yeah, so like, like Scotty said, a real professional win. But, hey, we've got one of the stars of the SM Football Club. Man, let's get into it. Uh, on, on the line. So let's – I don't want to waste anyone's time. We all know that game. Let's go and get beat North Melbourne. Uh, but after the – after the boy – after the boy. After the boy. After the boy. <laughs> let's go with after the break. Oh, you can tell am – am I slightly excited that Jai Cool was about to call into the Just line? a tiny bit. We don't, want to, we don't want to be late for the man. So, yes, after the break, one of our young guns and upcoming stars, and Jai Coldwell joins us. Here we go. Bit of Beastie Boys for you. Yeah.
And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, we've got an incredibly special guest that joins us on the pod tonight. Um, 22 years of age, original team was out of the Bendigo Pioneers. He was drafted at number 11 in the 2018 National Draft by GWS. Um, played, I think, 11 games um, for GWS. And then uh, Aaron Dodoro recognised the talent and made one of the best decisions of his life um, <laughs> to grab Jai Caldwell from the GWS Giants and brought him to Essendon, where he's just been an incredible player for us. He's got that continuity back with his uh, with his body and he's really starting to contribute for the club. So welcome to the pod, Jai. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, look, I'm glad to pump you up straight away. Uh, get yeah, on your good. <laughs> hey, uh, look, it's it's. I guess we'll start with your continuity. Obviously, uh, it was kind of well known about the the hammies and all of that kind of stuff, uh, and every touch wood possible in this house <laughs> that we're recording from. But yeah, uh, touching wood right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's so good to see you have some continuity. You played 20 games last year. You have played all 11 this year. How does that, you know, how have you finding that in your mind and in your confidence and now just going, I'm just literally just focusing on the opponent this week? Yeah, it's something different, that's for sure. Obviously, like what you said, I've had a pretty rough run of injuries probably my first three years. Um, even under 18s, I was injured quite a bit. But, um, yeah, coming into this season, even last season, um, I was really probably I was really anxious going into my fourth year because obviously I haven't played a lot of footy, but to um, play twenty games last year that was absolutely incredible for my confidence. Um, made me um, realise that I can actually play a full set. Full it wasn't twenty two games; it was basically a full season. Um, yeah, and to bring that on to this year as well, I played the first um, eleven games. Touch wood, hopefully it's 24. Um, yeah, it's um, incredible. I can make it, I don't take it for granted now because I've realized that everything that um, that you do causes um, your performance on the weekend, your ability to recover. Like, I've learned that from a young age. So, to be able to do that during the week and then not having to worry about the little things and what you said, focus on opposition and the way you actually perform and impact the team, it's, yeah, it's massive. Well, you've had a, a you know, you've had a, a great season so far. You know, from from sitting in the stands watching you, it, it, it kind of feels like um, you and Archie are somewhat similar, though you're getting a little bit more midfield time, but you're kind of starting forward and then, you know, if need be, obviously with injuries, you're, you're going through the middle. Uh, look, just some, just some things that um, I'm sure you will know, but, you know, top five, in, in stoppage clearances, uh, top four in uh, contested possessions. This is at the club. Top three in tackles and uh, top three in score involvement. So if you that's pretty good effort, mate, for a forward mid-roll. But how are you finding the, the last two weeks being, you know, with, the, with obviously the parish and setters and all them out? It, is it kind of like a, a sweet... Um, Irony that you, you're really enjoying it at the moment, the role that you can finally sort of, that you feel like you can play? Yeah, it's um, obviously my main position in the midfield, but also back on that, like, Scotty has full confidence in me to play me in the forward line and probably make an impact down there. Um, probably shows that um, 
yeah, he's got the call. I don't think he'd play me if he didn't have the confidence because, like, obviously we've got a good midfield in there now. But um, yep. yeah, I just speaking to G, I just got to try and grab the opportunity with both hands playing in the midfield. Obviously, we've got a couple out, but um, that um, one out, one in type setup is crucial in AFL footy. But um, it's good being back in there. Like it's um, it's different. I've definitely learnt the difference between playing forward and mid and the different capabilities you've got to have. Um, but, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Obviously, I probably played my best game against Tides a couple of weeks ago. But, gun game. Is um, it gun game? <laughs> it, was, it was a good win. Um, but, yeah, I'm just trying to keep getting better wherever I play, if that's forward, mid. Um, yeah, I'm just keep owning on my craft and keep getting better. And it's, it's interesting you sort of mentioned about Gia and that. From a from a fan's perspective, it's always interesting, and I know you can't probably tell us a hell of a lot, the, the assistant coaches, because it's it's between you and them, right? But it would be it'd be interesting to understand for, for the fans and us, for that matter, um, what kind of feedback do you get after, okay, so Parrish is out, Setters is out, um, Shearley's been in, in and out, but out a fair bit. Now, the, the methodology that Brad's explained about, like you said, one out, one in, everybody should understand the role they need to play. So it's they're, they're, they're playing the role, not the man. What kind of feedback do they give to you when Gia wanders over and says, all right, Calders, we're going to run you through um, mid a bit more. Does he give you like a revised set of what he wants you to do? Or does he trust that you naturally know what to do having played mid before? Um, no, Dave's really good actually. He just basically says, like, just do your thing. Um, doesn't put any pressure on me. He, I think he knows what I can do and he has full trust in me. He just says, just be a bull and put your head in the trough. So that's what I try and do. And yeah, it seems to be going all right. So I would just keep doing that. And same as Hobbsy as well. He's getting some time in the midfield as well, which is great. And the young fella is we're working. Good. Yeah, we're working pretty well together. We're, um, got some chemistry chemistry building there which is really exciting so yeah hopefully a few more years start to come i'm curious what's your favorite skill because uh a lot of guys would say kicking or kicking for goal or just general kicking around the ground but i find you an incredible handballer amongst kind of hectic traffic has that just come always naturally to you that skill um that would be the best asset i reckon um I feel like I've always sort of had that. I feel like that boxing might have, this is what my dad says, he says that boxing helped that massively just by your probably just toughness getting hit around the shoulders or reflexes getting the hands out. But um, I do I do agree with him on that. But that's, um, yeah, that's where I reckon it's come from. Yeah, and actually, not a bad overhead mark as well, by the way. Uh, I'm curious, with the, the West Coast game, uh, and you've probably got it again this week. You, it's a game you go into that, you know, you read you read the media headlines and, and it's Essendon should win. And But, you know, I think everyone understands footy's just not that simple. Um, and you get they get Barris and Hearn in and, and Yao in and, and, it's, and it's a club that's been under the pump. I was curious about how the lead up to the week and, and the messaging Scott gave the group to not to make sure there's no complacency. Yeah, he was just making sure we stayed grounded. Um, AFL is a very hard game. Um, you just get what you deserve. If you um, if you think you're going to go over to any state or any venue and just roll a mob half-pace, you're joking. So um, for us to just, yeah, stay humble and we, we knew it was going to be a hard 
um, game just because of obviously all the stuff in the media um, and West Coast are a team that give 100% each week. So, yeah, we knew it was going to be a hard game, but um, we just tried to play on our terms and um, tried to make it as hard for them to score as well. Did you find, I, I don't know, this is how I just saw it from the TV in, back in Melbourne. Did you find that West Coast tried to play, I don't know if the word's dour, a game, but just tried to reduce your, our capacity and how we wanted to move the ball um, and make it a, you know, a dour, closer contest? Did that, does that how it felt on the ground? Yeah, I was actually saying to a few boys after the game that that was one of the hardest, not, a hard, not the hardest game, but it was a very hard game. Uh, personally, it felt like that they went a full one-on-one um, game, basically. Like, their mids, felt like they were, they were targeting most of the time. Like, they had Sheed, Gimby, Kelly. Whenever we got the ball, they were just locked on you. Um, obviously, they would have got coached that um, before the game. But, yeah, it was actually a bit of a struggle um, to even get... Um, kicks around the ground or lead lead up in the pockets. Um, they had most of them covered anyway. So, um, yeah, they just tried to nullify us as well as they can and then try to hurt us the other way. So then when you do win the game by 50 points, does that kind of give the whole team some satisfaction of that? Yeah, it wasn't a pretty game to watch. No one's probably going to watch the replay, but it felt to me like a professional Game like a, it felt like the club turned up in a professional manner, got a decent win, and then fly home. <laughs> yeah, but like it's always hard to go over the um, Perth and play. Like it's um, no matter how good or um, bad one team is, but um, yeah, after the game we're just happy to come away with four points. To be honest, um, we had some standouts. Mardo was oh. really good. He was oh. everywhere. He was probably the only one that. Didn't have someone on him, I don't reckon, because he made it. <laughs> just felt like that way. Yeah. Mate, he looks um, smooth as silk, that boy. It, every time yeah, we watch yeah. him, man, I don't, I don't know, you might be too young for this, but Mark McCurry, um, it, Mark McCurry was just the smoothest moving unit. He wasn't huge. He wasn't massively athletic. He just was smooth Big as silk. Well. And Mardo's the same thing. Every time we see him touch the ball, he looks like he's in like half speed because he's doing it so smoothly. Um, yeah. If, if, you're, if you're teammates with him as well, sorry, if you're a housemates with him as well, pass that on to, for him as well for me. <laughs> no, nah, not with him. I'm, okay. I'm with all the Pat Voss. <laughs> oh, Patty Voss. Oh, oh. Patty Voss. Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's Can a... You pass on, pass on a bit of feedback from the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. <laughs> soon. I will. Soon, Patty. Soon, yeah. mate. Just keep kicking them. Soon. Yeah, mate, a exactly. couple, couple of quick questions from me now. Just a couple of rapid-fire ones. Yep. Um, is there a senior player that first took you under your wing when you lobbed at Essendon? Uh, I'll say Zach Merrick. Yeah? Yeah. You have a couple of um, questions and you just sort of showing you around the yeah, place? Yeah, I know. I just thought that we're next to each other in the lockers. Um, he just lives nearby, but also, like, just the way he trains, he brings you along with you in training. Like, he, yeah. he um, is so determined and wants to get better, and that's just a good trait to have. The younger you, people to be like him, like it just yep. yeah, catches up pretty well. Can't, can't go wrong there. Have you found the transition for Zaki as far as going to captaincy from afar? It looks like it's gone really well because because Heps is playing good footy and and Zaki's playing really good footy. But have you found as a, as a teammate the the transition? Because Heps was a big voice, right? I I go to a lot of training sessions. Yep. He's a big dominant kind of character, and and Zaki's a bit more of your milder 
you know, talk with actions kind of yeah. guy. Uh, how do you, have you found yeah. that trans- transition? Yeah, it's different. Obviously, Hep's still around, so you still got Hep yeah. um, leading with um, his voice, but also Junior, like early on, who's probably lead by actions. But over the course of the last year or so, he's definitely learned to reach out to certain players and lead by his actions, of course, but then also um, his voice, which is um, he's doing a, a lot of work in that space as well. So um, he's doing really well. It's um, been pretty smooth, actually. Like, he's um, a really good guy, and he's, yeah, leading the team very well. Beautiful. Um, again, another little uh, little easy one. Have you got any pre-game rituals? If so, what are they? used to. I used to have heaps, actually, but I've sort of just stripped um, sort of said whatever happens, happens. Like okay. I used to have, I had to eat certain food, I had to do this at a time and eat certain stuff, but then that just got too, too full on and I was just like, it's actually not that difficult. So I'm just, just being a bit more relaxed and just eating, doing what I want and yeah. <laughs> Mate, that was, that's, that's good to hear, man. Simplification sounds good to hear. Yeah, um, exactly. It's um, it's, it's got to be easier, I assume, too, mate. When you're you're performing as well as you are, so you you can have a little bit more confidence that yeah, man, I'm, I'm I belong in this league. I'm more than belong in this league, mate. I can I can step up. Um, couple other quick questions. Um, toughest opponent, individual opponent. Um, what I was doing a bit of run with stuff. I was probably Tuk Miller. Um, okay. Great play. Yeah, he was because um, I remember last year I played. I did boxing news, and so two weapons, um, and then just the difference in players. Like Lockie Neal ran the contest really good, but then I could hurt him the other way. But then with Tuke Miller, obviously a good contest player, probably not as good as clearance as Lockie Neal. But then if I go forward, he was one meter behind me. Like he was really disciplined and um, basically said, oh, if you're going to tag me, I'm going to stop you as well. So it was, uh, okay. yeah, okay. a one-on-one. Um, last sort of quickie one. Um, has any fan said anything over, like, what's the funniest thing a fan said to you over the fence? Oh. <laughs> has there been any sort I mean, of I, mean, I, like, I don't, I, when I go on the, I, I blur out, like, I can't really hear a thing, to be honest. Oh, okay, and, cool. Um, yep. I've had a couple of have my kids, but that's about it. <laughs> 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 my kids. <laughs> uh, Plenty of time for that, mate. Plenty of time for that later. I'm cu- I'll, I'll pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm curious, Jai. Um, you're 22 years old. Um, when you've you've come to Essendon, you've now kind of got your, your your feet set. How do you feel about the team in general? Because you know, when you see, you know, and obviously, again, touch wood. Zach Reeds and, and Coxie plays in the VFL on, on the weekend and Sardis is going to start this week and and Peter Wright's going to come back. But when you see this group that's quite young, do you does there, is there a sense with that younger sort of 24 and under group that you go, hey, we've got something here if we can get it right? Oh, it's actually – people probably don't understand how good it is. Like, do we – you sort of sit back and have a look at like the list we've got and all that, but um, even just getting games into Hobbsy, Perk, um, Coxie and Reedy, who are obviously Coxie coming back at Reedy, like I've 
wrap my arms around him and I said, mate, I've been in the exact same position where you are. Like, yeah. yeah, it does get better. Like, don't stress about it. Um, but he, he'll be an absolute superstar in a few years. Obviously, we're in a rush to get places um, and we want to play finals, grand finals and the rest of it. And I definitely reckon um, once we all start to group together and Tahis, um, it's going to be very promising, I reckon. Uh, I'm curious too, is Peter Wright's probably going to join the group in a week or two. Um, yep. How does that change things for you guys? Because uh, for me who watch training in, in sort of your, your Januaries and, and, and Novembers and Decembers, it felt like a lot was driven around Peter Wright. That's just how I got the sense that uh, bring yep. the ball to ground or he marks it and and there was a lot of uh, a long kicking towards. So those things you're working on pre-season, how does that kind of get, change the mindset of the group that there's such a big focal figure back into the club? Yeah, it's hard. Like, I feel like the, we've done pretty well to actually score. Very well. To, um, yeah, to not have Pete on the side, but obviously having him back in is massive for us. Like, it's, um, he's a massive target down there, but even if he doesn't mark it, just to bring it to ground, like we probably, we've missed him probably Port Adelaide, it's probably a three-week period where um, we had a lot of their back intercept their ball and it made it hard for us to keep in our front half. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. If he doesn't mark it, like for him to crash the packs and just bring, bring it to ground for us to pop tackle or win it. Um, so we, got, we do have a large focus on probably in the region of Pete, but um, also weeds as well. Like weeds them so well. Oh, yeah. mate, yeah. Yeah, and tan them together and uh, block each other and straight the right leading holes. Um, yeah, it will be, yeah, great. Absolutely, man. Now, I want to ask you a question, and I know you're going to be careful <laughs> with, with your response. Um, yep. Can you tell us about Brad Scott? What's he like as a coach? What's he like as a bloke? Because he he seems to have have really made strides with um, the list at Essendon, and it, yep. things are going in the right direction. Just again, from a fan's point of view, you look up and okay, man, we've lost a few games, but you can see what he's trying to do. So, how, how do you find him? Uh, I love Scotty. Um, he's all about his footy, like which is what you need. Like he's really determined, driven to get the best out of everyone on the list. He um, wants you to play in your best position. Um, but, yeah, he's just obviously a great bloke as well. He's coached, what, nine years at North Melbourne, so he does have a lot of experience yeah. as a senior coach. And he said that he has learnt a lot of stuff since that time. Um, we haven't really copped a big spray yet either. So um, I was expecting I was expecting one or two of those by now. Cause yeah, he's, he's a, well, you've you've was, been in every game, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've um, like that's yeah. It's sort of hard. Like he's um, he's um. Feels like he sim- it feels like he simplifies everything very easily. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Like he's not really. He, he you do get pissed off. Obviously, as a coach, yeah. but like the way he goes about it is a lot different than what um people would have reckoned or he would have done in the past. Assume. Yeah, not I wonder, I wonder if he's learned some lessons by anything, but yeah. um. I've, I've loved having him at the club. He's, um, my third coach, obviously, had Leon Trucker now, Scotty, and hopefully we'll get a bit of stability with um, Scotty. But, yeah, I love having him at the club. He's great. Beautiful. Um, last couple of questions, mate, because we know we've, we haven't got you for very long. Um, what, 
has Jai Caldwell got any goals for the rest of the season? Now, I, I understand, mate, you, you're ticking along and you're putting your time and effort into your recovery and your, and your game, but have you got any personal goals that you want to achieve by the end of the season? Uh, another goal just to play an actual full... Like, obviously, I nearly played a full season last year with two games, but just to play the, every single game would be a massive kick as well. Like, yeah. Even on top of last year, that'd just be... Um, Great, great for the head and, yeah, great for the confidence. But even just probably when the other... that midfield, I feel like that's probably a better position of mine. Like, I don't mind playing forward or wherever Scotty wants me, like I'll play. But um, play around those boys and be around the centre bounce and get amongst it um, is where I want to be. So I'm just going to keep trying to keep my best foot forward um, in the next few weeks and hopefully I can stay around there. Now... A final question, though. You, you've got North Melbourne this week. Uh, you're probably going to have a, a, a slightly – I wonder how Brad Scott will treat this week. Obviously, he's famous for coaching the club, North Melbourne. Um, so it's an interesting even just journey for him this week. But uh, it, do you feel like it's a similar approach to how you approach the West Coast game? Just, just it, And it maybe just even the 10 games prior to that, just be consistent as a club. Just turn up. Get You, yep. you get – you. What you get out of the game is how you approach the game, kind of thing. Yeah, no, 100%. I know probably the words that will come out of his mouth when we talk about it. Um, basically, the same as last week. Just staying humbled, stay grounded. Obviously, it's not going to come easy. You've got to work hard for it. And, um, yeah, they're actually going pretty well at the moment as well. So, I haven't got the wins on the ball. They're playing good footy in there. Um, bringing the effort, which is the main thing as well. Yep. Hey, actually, just a funny one. That St Kilda game, did you surprise yourself with those two goals? Were you kind of like, I've got to check the scoreboard out here when that happened? I, I didn't even know what I was doing, to be honest. So I <laughs> got the ball. And the funny thing was, I've had a bit of a cooked ankle for since that cracky match. Oh, I went to the CLT game when I did my ankle. I've had a crook ankle since then. And that was the first time where I kind of kicked on my left foot. And as soon as I kicked it, it was, oh, it was like ringing. And then I saw it go through, and then it wasn't that bad. So I was like, oh, all right, we'll carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, when it goes through, all the pain's gone. Yeah, all the pain went away. I was like, all right, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. <laughs> well, mate, uh, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's absolutely been a delight. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate that. That was fun. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, uh, on the show tonight, we've got a very special guest. He's a friend of the pod. Um, it's formerly of, uh, of Rookie Me, uh, the Rookie Me website. Now he's a scout for the Oakley Chargers. Uh, Mr. Ed Pascoe joins us. G'day, Ed. Hey, g'day, guys. It's uh, great to be back on again, talking all things draft. I mean, mid-season drafts are very, very close approaching. And uh, at this stage, it looks like we've got one pick and perhaps two if we uh, choose to have Jones on inactive list but yeah uh once again exciting times for uh Dodora and his crew to find another hidden gem like a nick martin or a sam durham yeah it's a it's a very interesting time isn't it because i think essendon more than any other club has has produced gold from this 
period. Uh, and I guess if, I'm guess i probably, if you add in the SSP period and the mid-season draft, like you said, Snelling and Durham and Menzi and Martin and, you know, all, you know, all these kind of uh, names. I think uh, if you added an SSP and mid-season draft, I think six played uh, on the weekend. So it's, it, or, or maybe the previous weekend against the Tigers. So it's something that's really developed us and helped with our depth. Uh, so, uh, I'm curious, uh, where your mind's at. We haven't spoken for quite some time actually around Essendon and, um, where do you think the list is at? And as we are kind of approaching the mid season kind of mark, where's your head around probably what the shortages may be and maybe depth shortages. Uh, where, where do you see things at? Um, at this stage, um, so just recently, I actually did a best like 22, 23 team for the, in the next two years. So if we're looking at 2025 where, uh, I don't know about you two, but I would reckon we're, we'd be wanting to compete pretty, pretty hard at that yeah, uh, yes kind sir. of juncture. Yes, um, so going through my, my back line for then, I'd have Andrew McGrath, uh, Zach Reed, Mason Redmond, Jordan Ridley, Nick Cox. I mean, the eld- oldest one then by that time will be 28 in Redmond. I mean, that's a pretty good, you know, hit range of players that could even go another three to four years. Yeah. No, um, no, no BZT in there? I still around there. I've still got a few players in around that lot, but those are the ones I'd have as locks, Okay. you know, in cool, two yeah. years' time. I mean, Zach Reed and Nick Cox, we've drafted them as top 10 picks. You would hope by 2025 both of those two have really stamped their uh, way yeah. into that side. Yep. And uh, as good as Dirk Thatcher has been, I mean, he has had a bit of trouble with those really tall targets. I mean, Allen uh, has given him some trouble and Hawkins definitely gave him some trouble. So you'd be hoping someone like a Zach Red be able to take players of that ilk. I mean, luckily Hawkins is at the kind of the the <laughs> end of his tether at the moment. So yeah. <laughs> sure he won't be going on for another couple of years. But Thank goodness. Um, yeah, so I think the back line does really look solid. And that's not also not to say that someone like a Zach Merritt coming to the end of his career as well is playing off a half back like most really good midfielders do at that point. So I reckon the back line's probably shaping up really well. The midfield as well, like you've got Nick Martin and Durham in twenty twenty five will be twenty four years of age, but going going right in their prime. Parrish he's he'll, he'll be twenty eight by then. Caldwell will be only twenty five. Sardis in another couple of years will be around that point as well, and then. Hobbs as well. You put through there. You don't know what Stringer and Sheila are still going. Are they still going to be around? They'll be thirty-one and thirty-two respectively. Perkins is he going to be another midfield type in that time as well? So that's also another strong area. So probably the the, the forward line may be one where you'd have a bit of a look at. I mean, Wiedemann and Wright as your big two key targets. If they're fit and firing, that's a pr- two pretty good ones to have. Uh, Langford will still only be 28 by then. I think a lot of people forget he was a, a late berth in his draft year. So uh, he's still got plenty of footy left in him and he's starting to really come into his own now. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the uh, small forwards that you could potentially have in, you know, the Davy twins. Guelphie still could be playing by then. Uh, and, yeah, you don't know how Tex Wanganine may develop as well. So Even, even, we'll, uh, even, we'll, we'll, even as a Mankara as a long stretch, eh? Yeah, exactly. So, um, will, the, to... will the boy Ed? Will the boy be old enough? No, the, not by then. The man, the myth, the legend. Will he be old? No, 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 Kobe. No, we'll, we'll, 
we'll get, we'll get into him a bit later. But no, okay. he's not. He he won't be eligible till twenty twenty seven. So uh, okay. he'll he'll be coming in around when Tasmania come in. So we may not be affected too much by the draft when uh Tasmania get all their picks. Okay. But um, yeah. If there was any area that I would probably target because take into account I've made a best no twenty three of players that. And these are the names that I had that couldn't even make it in the team. Players like Will Sitterfield, who's you know out with injury, but he's going to be probably still only 27 by then. Zerk Thatcher was one we just talked about before. He may not get in. Pat Voss, you would expect him to really push. Uh, Kane Baldwin, he's done some really nice things. And uh, there's still some good players that even, like, even in it- that age, age bracket. It's not like a bunch of players that are in their late 20s, early 30s that are on the wind down. We've got a depth of players that'll be really starting to come into their own, like even what even Lewis Hayes now. Yeah, even Lewis yep. Hayes to me is a, an interesting watch over the next couple of years. Yeah, and he's another one like Langford. He's uh, only only turns um, nineteen in December of this year, so he's definitely got a lot of uh, progress left in him. So, um, if there was a, a certain area you'd have to target, it's probably just. You know, continue to look for more midfield depth because you never know if players uh, will want to seek greater opportunity. There's probably uncertainty about Parrish if we will, uh, if he will want to stay. But I, I reckon he will with the way we're tracking at the moment, and I reckon we'd want to yeah. keep him. Uh, Dylan Shield and Stringer, we're not sure by then if if injury issues could be a thing. But um, it's always good to take a midfielder in in the first round of the draft because there's always some good players there. And most midfielders can play a lot of different positions as well. Like, it's so easy for most midfielders to, you know, play off a halfback, play a half forward, play on a wing so and find roles for them. Like, we have done with Hobbs and Martin and Durham. I mean, Durham, we pick as a wingman. He changed the game as a forward against Richmond. So, they're always a very easy one to select. And probably the one area that there could be some queries on is who will assist Sam Drapper going forward will that be nick bryan uh if it was my personal opinion i would have harrison jones as that player who could potentially uh help out in the ruck i mean we've gone on about uh brad scott playing players in their natural position so mcgrath really coming to his own off halfback kyle langford drafted as a forward playing well as a forward well harrison jones he was a player that would play key forward and also pinch it in the ruck and do really, really well as a ruckman as well at junior level with that vertical leap. And he acts as another midfielder as well. So he could be long-term the perfect foil for Sam Drapper to be able to go forward and have someone like Harrison Jones, who's an endurance beast, who could really run over the top of that, that first ruckman or secondary ruckman from the opposition. And you look at Harry Jones, he can move. He can get around the ground. He's pretty good below his knees. Um, as long as his body holds up, that's the... I'd have him in that role rather than a Peter Wright or Sam Wiedemann who should be playing as that deep key forward. Uh, one area that I think, even though Martin and Durham are there at the moment, I've always felt like our, our wing is, like I don't know, you know, if, if they start getting injuries, who's behind them. Uh, it's just an area of the ground I think, gee, I think we may need some depth in the wing position. What are your thoughts on that? I think Alwyn Davey could really make that position his own. I mean, he's such a classy and skillful player with ball in hand. I mean, he hasn't been able to show it yet at senior level playing as a half forward. But I still think long term he's going to be, you know, a wingman midfielder type who has really clean hands, good smarts, uses the ball very well. And he, he's one I would rather 
kicking inside 50 rather than trying to kick those goals. Let's leave that to his uh, twin brother who definitely does know where the goals are. So he's another one. Sardis could also play easily play on a wing, as, although I would prefer him to play on ball. He's definitely one who can play there. Massimo can also play off a wing. I wouldn't even mind giving Tex Wanganin a little go there as well once he gets his fitness base up, add a lot of his you know classy play. It's probably an area that he should be playing a bit more in VFL. I mean, when, when you're a team that's not been winning many games and you're playing as a small forward, it's always hard to really get into the game. So um, pro- probably do what we actually did with Fantasia when we first had him and play him a bit off halfback, playing a bit off a wing, try and get your good, talented players who are really good with the ball, get them up the ground and let them use their assets instead of just leaving them in a forward pocket to, to really just be at the mercy of the midfield. No, no, I think that's a good point. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to see Alwyn up the ground because, I mean, so much of the footage pre-draft was him around the midfield. And, in, geez, his movement left and right and everything like that. He's, if for some reason, his kicking action seems so much better in the midfield than at forward. I don't know why that is, but, uh, but whether it's above the shoulders or not, but he just seems to use the ball so well. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely the role I'd see him playing long-term. I think there's enough players there that could potentially play a small forward role. Uh, I mean, yep, Jaden Wool, uh, Guelphie, I still think will be able to play that role fairly well. Jai Menzi, I didn't touch on before as well. He's done very well for himself this year, finally getting a uh, like a full pre-season at AFL level and then being able to play each and every week and bobbing up with a couple goals here and there. I mean, and he puts on great pressure as well. I mean, that's yeah, the is. way the game's evolving now. The small forwards, you just have to be able to put on that pressure as well. So, so granted or looking at that, um, can you tell us some names that will, that you think we could be looking at around mid-season draft that could add to the list? Um, it's always a tough one with the mid-season draft. I mean, I, don't, I can't recall any year that we've had the mid-season draft and there's been a player we take that we've been linked to previously. Yeah. I mean, um, Cal Toomey just recently on his uh, Gettable podcast just had uh, four names that came up. Uh, the first being Jaden Hunter, who is a young key forward from Perth. Uh, came off an ACL last year and has already uh, kicked, uh, what was it? It was uh, 11 goals from three games already in the seniors and he's only 21. Uh, he's just a very athletic player, about 196. Uh, played mostly as a ruckman at junior level because of his vertical leap, but, but uh, he's one who could definitely fill that role if you know Harry Jones is out for the year. Jaden Hunter could probably just fill straight into that spot. He's a similar height, similar type. He's a little bit, little bit stronger than Jones is at the moment, but okay. you know, coming off an ACL, you may, we may not want to rush him in too much. But uh, the other team that's after him, though, is Richmond, and Richmond do have a pick before us. But uh, he's definitely one to consider there. Uh, the other one they brought up is uh, Rye Penny, who is a Calder Cannons halfback. Uh, very, very good vertical leap and speed. So he's definitely that type of player that you could potentially have as a lockdown defender who could play on any type of player because of his speed and because of that vertical leap. Uh, he's one who's really caught the eye recently. He played Vic Metro last year and was probably considered unlucky not to get taken. But, you know, being Calder Cannons and playing with another five or so Essendon NGA players, I reckon there'd be um, plenty of Essendon scouts who would have had their eye on him. Uh, of course, you've got Quinton Narkle, who's been in our VFL yeah. lineup. 
Um, I'm still not sure if he is going to be the right type of player for the, what the list is right now. I think uh, we've still got guys like Parrish who are still to come in after a while. I mean, uh, uh, that's the kind of spot Narco would have to play anyway. So as much as he has been very handy for the VFL side, I'm still not sure where he would fit in with us. Especially with, Sa- with Sardis just about to start too this week probably in the VFL. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mate, is there, is there, do you reckon there's an opportunity? One thing that um, we haven't had in the midfield in a good period of time is, uh, quite frankly, an Indigenous player and the X factor that they bring. Um, I mean, Waller has been in there once every Shrove Tuesday. But I was just wondering, like, I, I really like Alwyn um, up the ground as well. I think everybody that sees him run, the kid is as f- fast as lightning. And... When he gets that confidence to be able to run and kick and, and make those good decisions coming off a wing into half forward, he looks great. I wonder whether or not there's an opportunity for Narkel to give that bit of that X factor indigenous sort of player, the 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 curs of the world and that sort of stuff in our midfield. Because sure, we've got the in and unders now. We've got um Hobbsy doing really well. We've got Setterfield if we need him, um, Shield, Parish and and that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I'd, I'd, I would like to see what Narkel could do in in the middle, just to, for a bit of that X factor. Yeah, I mean, obviously Essendon have probably seen that and that's why they invited him down to the VFL list. I mean, yeah. I don't think they would do that if they didn't have some sort of uh, thought of perhaps taking him. I mean, they may go with him if a few of the others they don't like are there. Uh, finally, to touch on the other two that uh, Cal mentioned, there is a key forward, Lachlan Burrows from South Australia. Yep. Uh, 195 centimetres, 95 kilos. So he's a big lump of he's a, a lad. He's a big boy, yeah. Um, but uh, he's actually fairly athletic. So you, you watch him play, you think, oh, yeah, this is a big guy. He's not going to move that well. But he actually moves surprisingly well. Fairly good leap. Uh, played as a ruckman. Uh, when in his under 18s year, just because of that vertical leap and how he competes, like he's a bit of a competitor as well. Uh, so he's another one who's definitely one they'll look at. And finally, uh, Clay Tucker, who is a ruck uh, for Eastern Rangers, he's only 19. He played against our uh, VFL side on the weekend and, and did fairly well for Box Hill. Uh, but yeah, 204 centimeters and probably still growing. He's one that has had a bit of interest before our pick as well. Uh, and just a few other names that could be around our mark. You've got Robert Hansen Jr., who is a Indigenous small forward from WA, only 19, but has been playing senior football at Subiaco. He's a very classy operator. He's a left footer, uh, very good hands. He's very creative. He can kick a goal, but I just think his creativity, a bit like how Alwyn is as well, I think he could be that midfielder that you're probably looking at uh, there, Grant, someone yeah. who can really, really shine there. He's got maybe a little bit of Shea Bolton there as well. So he, he's another one who could be who, who could be still off the mark by then. Uh, there's plenty of other names there, but like those are the main ones that are probably being linked to us at the moment. Do you, do you know actually know what pick we are? It was like it was like eight or nine or something like that. Yeah, I believe it's around that point. Um, but it could change if certain clubs ahead of us. Uh, see that the player they want is gone and could just p- easily pass. I mean, yeah. it, it could easily change here or there. I mean, I'd expect Sydney and West Coast to make a fair few selections with the injuries they've had. And the other thing you've also got to think of is uh, when you add a mid-season draft, it's to replace an injured player, but that doesn't mean they're just going to stay on the list. So you still got to make your list, list management decisions and have a certain amount of players on your list. So 
if you're going to take someone there, you've got to be either comfortable with, okay, they're only going to be there for six months or they're going to be a long-term prospect for you. And you've got to look at someone on your list and go, well, we've got to probably cut this player that's already on our list because we need to make room for this player we've just taken. And we want to, you know, bring in other players from other clubs and a first-round pick this year. What NGA players do we want to bring in as well? So there's a bit of a juggling act with any mid-season draft pick you take. I think it's interesting too that the players even who are nominated, they they advise what kind of contract they want, don't they? They can say six months or 18 months um, sort of given on maybe what their demand is. Is that right? That's what I've been hearing lately that – so that some kind of tell clubs what they want an 18-month contract and some, you know, who just want to get in and think they're on the, on the edge may say, okay, six months <laughs> and I'll try and prove what I can do. Yeah, they, um, and a lot of it's also to do with their managers as well. I mean, a lot of player managers want that 18 months or want that six months for their player. So it's not just on the player as well to get that. It's also on the player managers that feel, oh, we think we have quite a few teams that would – happily take them at the end of the year. So, yeah. Um, and they may want to play more games, play finals, and maybe even go up a bit higher. That's more money. That's more this or that that they could make. So, there's an yeah, option. There's an option there to have two players for us, isn't there? Because we had one free, but then obviously Harrison Jones is now um, on the long term. So, am I right saying there's a possibility of two players? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's definitely a possibility of two. Uh, I highly doubt we do go with two unless we can take two players that we feel are just definitely going to be on our list long long term, or else that uh, or, or that or they're happy to you know tell that player okay we're definitely only taking you for six months. Uh, you're likely not going to be with us at the end of the year, but you could still play finals. You could still uh, get to show your wares, and even if we don't take you, another club may want to take you because of what you showed with us for those six months. Yeah, uh, I was I was actually thinking selfishly, could you do it to boost your VFL program? That's obviously not what the player wants to hear, but uh, but uh, <laughs> to, it's, it's an added benefit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, every time Essendon's done this election, it's gone who? <laughs> like I remember Sam when Sam Durham was picked, I was like, oh what? Uh, um, and then obviously D'Ambrosio, uh, it was like, oh okay, and uh, you almost had to. I had no idea they were linked to that person. So Dodoro and his team obviously are uber secretive when they do this and then it's always some name you go, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, so when I listed those four players, I still don't think we'd probably take those four. Uh, There is a a Richmond VFL player we haven't been linked to, which is probably the one we will take going off uh, off the pass. Um, uh, What was his name? Ah uh, yes, uh, James uh, tre- tre- tree. I think it's tree size. James Tresize. Oh, James Tresize. Yes. Yeah, it's a fairly uh, difficult one for me to uh, pronounce. But um, <laughs> James Tresize. He's a uh, halfback, uh, about one eighty-eight centimeters. He plays similar to a little bit like a Mason Redmond, but a bit bit of a left footer. So he's fairly competitive. Uh, reads the play really well. Got a good vertical leap on him. So, but. The reason we may not take him is because we have a player of, of a similar ilk to him in Brett Montgomery who can't even get a game. So true. Uh, it's a do we really take another player of that type unless we think they're even better than what Montgomery could offer? But I've been pretty happy with what Montgomery has shown at BFL level, and he's just been unlucky that 
the type of player that he is, we have had so many of those players being able to already play already. I mean, yeah. you can't play on the super tall talls, uh, but we've got enough players there in like Heppel and Redmond and uh, you've still got, you know, we've got Laverde come back in as well. Uh, there's still uh, plenty of players who can play that role. But, I mean, mm. for what he's putting up, he's doing fairly well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, just uh, we're a bit stretched on time, but obviously I always get asked, and you're, you're better at knowing this, the James Hurd Academy, the NGA boys, tell us uh, how they're going. Yeah, so um, we had nearly all of our uh, NGA prospects that are playing for called up play Vic Metro Trials. The only one not to was Jaden Ewan, who is a midfielder for uh, next year's draft, a wingman who's a fairly classy user of the ball. He's averaged about 20 possessions for Calder this year, which isn't too bad for a, for a bottom major. But um, starting off with Mamu Taha, who did make Vic Metro's final squad, which should get released uh, sometime soon, okay. uh, has averaged 25 disposals for oh, Calder, wow. plays as a midfielder who can also go half forward. Uh, his tackle numbers have been really good. He's only about that 183 centimetre mark. So he is kind of similar to what we already have on the list. But for what he's been showcasing, he's definitely going to be one to that could potentially maybe go top 40. But at this stage, I'll probably have him just off it. So something we could match. Uh, and of course, uh, jo- Josh Ayer's younger brother, Ryan, who is Find a little him. bit different. Yeah, a little bit different <laughs> to his brother, though. Uh, he's a right footer instead of a left footer. He is yeah, tall, but. He is tall, but not that tall. So he's about that uh-huh. 191 centimetres. He's actually a, a very smooth-moving halfback. Yes. The way he moves through traffic isn't too dissimilar to Nick Martin. So he's definitely more of that classy, smooth-moving type of halfback. He's not really that Redmond type of real hard-nut type of halfback. That's probably the one area that he'll have to uh, Im- improve his physicality to be seen as a top-40 prospect. But for what he's done so far, he's averaging about 22 disposals off halfback, done some really nice things. Uh, Amon Name is a is another player who's kicked 17 goals from five games so far this year, so he can cer- certainly find the scoreboard. And he's actually kicked quite a few behinds and out in the full as well, so he could be really having a good time of it. But um, he's a tough one where he's about that 187 centimetre mark and he plays full forward. Yep. So it's a bit of a, does he play that role uh, long-term at AFL level? Is he going to be one of those players that dominates that level? But when it comes to the, that next level, will he make it? So, but he is another one who played Vic Metro Trials, so he's still definitely on the on the cusp of maybe getting selected. And probably the most exciting of the lot is for next year's draft in Isaac Kako. Uh, he's a little small forward dynamite. Uh, he's super good overhead, really good at ground level, good, great speed and agility. Uh, I think I've brought him up before, but he's a lot like a Shade Bolton type. Okay, can go for the midfield, really just turns plays inside out. Doesn't matter if it's down below or over his head, he just really excels there. I reckon he was very, very stiff not to make Vic Metro's final team, to be honest, but uh, that's more more ways to hide him, I guess. So <laughs> you can see that as a positive. Yeah, so we've got one more name that we want to bring up. And uh, he's so- just, just before that, just before that name, just before that name. Ed, I and I can't remember, it's only just dawned on me to ask you this question. I should have got the name before we started. There is a lot of hype that I'm seeing on Facebook slash uh, TikTok slash everywhere about this small forward from the Eastern Ranges. That would be you know, Nick Watson. Nick Watson, who apparently is utterly dominating and is just completely dominating. What's your call on him? 
he will be the highest kick at 170 centimeters ever. There will be okay. no 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 player at that height that will go as high as he will in this year's draft. He okay. is an absolute he's an absolute superstar. To to be perfectly honest, he will. Okay. Depending on who he goes to next year, he will be one of the top goal scoring players in the AFL for a small forward next wow, year. That is my that's call. That's a big call. He, he's he's just got everything you'd want a small forward. The, the actual smaller height plays to his advantage sometimes as well. Like he's so quick and agile. He's smart. He's great overhead, can take a hanger. His skills are off the charts. I mean, you look at how well Caleb Daniel's done, but like what, what he can do is like what an Isaac Rankin can do okay. at, at Adelaide. Okay. So he's just got a similar athletic profile as well. Uh, he's just he's just a star. Like the, the height will put some people off saying, oh, do you take a, a player like that as a top five pick? I mean, if you're getting a top five pick, you want a – an AA caliber player. You want an out and out gun. Yeah. He will be an all Australian small forward at some point in his career. I have absolutely no doubt. Nice. Okay. Yeah. The, the, hype, the hype is real. Now, who are we going to talk about, Scotty? Yeah, Kobe Buick. Obviously, people want to know about Kobe. Uh, look, he's obviously still very, very young. Um, how is he going so far? Uh, yeah, he's, he's done okay. He's only kicked about. 23 goals in his first six games at under-14s level. <laughs> um, and as a midfielder. As a he midfielder. He has not been played as a forward. As he's, a he's midfielder. As a midfielder, yes. So he's probably even more so a tallish midfielder at the level he plays at. So he, I'm not sure how much more he will grow, but he's already around his old man's height at, at 14 years of age. So... Uh, but be taller. He's, uh, yeah, but he's absolute class. I mean, the type of player that he is as a midfielder kind of reminds me of what Nick Dacos does now. I mean, he's just has so much time with the ball. He's, his ball use by foot is just unreal for, for a kid of his age. Uh, his football IQ is really, really high. And he's a good athlete as well. He covers the ground really well. He's prepared to run back and really uh, push forward and back really hard. That's how he kicks his goals he, from the midfield is he just knows when to really push in hard and be an option. Uh, he can kick him on the run. He can kick him from set shots. So, And he will be playing interleague uh, very soon, actually. So he'll, okay. he'll, he's definitely one who will be uh, talked about as a pretty high pick, I, I reckon, by the time his draft year is on. I mean, there's a lot can be can change with a lot of draft like kids at that age. But, um, I mean, players like Nick Dacos, Matt Rowe, Harley Reid, uh, Will Ashcroft, they're all players that start at under 12s, let alone under 14s. And he just, he's tracking as a similar type of player. I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely got some, some really special traits about him. And I noticed that the club has uh, just recently named Buick and McCurry as uh, Essendon Hall of Fame. So just reassuring the Buicks there that, uh, <laughs> that we'll, um, but you're a legend of our club, Darren, a legend of our club, mate. And uh, your boy is more than welcome. Nice. No, yeah, so uh, really, really uh, good things to, to look forward to. Um, it's been nice to actually get a father-son. I think Job obviously was the real big one of last time, but um, haven't always worked out for us. Uh, uh, so, look, that would be ex really, really exciting. So, mate... I can't thank you enough. Uh, great half an hour chat speaking to you. 
Um, keep up the good work. And look, there's no doubt um, as the year goes on, there'll be a discussion around the draft and, and that will start to pinpoint everyone's interest again. And, and at the moment, we're a club that's, you know, 50-50 on making finals. So it's pretty exciting just where we're at. But that may, that may mean a, a pick seven to, you know, 10 kind of scenario. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what plays out. But uh, thank you so much for joining us again and all the best in the future, mate. Yeah, no worries, guys. It's always great to be on and having a chat about this with you guys and can't wait to have a chat a bit later in the year when the draft really starts to pick up. No, no, Beautiful. exactly. All right, all the best, mate. Uh, we'll be you, mate. We'll be back right after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Mate, what a show. We've had um, the Essendon young gun and articulate young footballer in Jai Caldwell. Um, and then to top it off, a bit of extra, but there's still more, Ed Pascoe um, to discuss the draft, the mid-season draft, what we need, NGA, type, NGA types and how they're going. Mate, what a huge show. Yeah, look, it's awesome to kind of to provide you guys and girls all that information and, and that access to players and access to talking about the mid-season draft. So it's a pleasure for us to, to give you that kind of, I guess, content. And yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it we was, enjoyed the hell out of that chat with Ty. Yeah, that no, was great, man. There's some shows you go, that's an awesome show. Yeah. And I'm proud to say that's one of them. Absolutely. So, so look uh, – well done to uh, and thank you to all, all of our guests. So uh, a quick wrap up VFL. Um, obviously, the VFL wasn't great. Uh, we're a little bit de- yeah, you'll beat there. We're a little mm. bit depleted at the moment. Obviously, Nick Bryan got put out of the uh, the ruck and um, and some and some of the emergencies. Obviously, were in Perth, yeah. and so Davy didn't play, and, and that's sort of etc. So uh, and D'Ambrosio was the sub. So look, it was a pretty depleted. I know Cox came back to play half back. But it was a depleted, especially midfield, um, yeah. and that's where we lost the game. Uh, I guess pleasing to say, because there were so many inside 50 to, to Box Hill, um, that Nick Cox, uh, did I thought, did as well as he could uh, in considering his time off. Uh, his third, he only played three quarters, but his third quarter especially was really, really pleasing. Okay. Started to pick up the pace of the game, took some really nice hard intercept marks, uh, and that's where... You know, he's going to be a very interesting person down back because I saw him, he played on a mid-sized player and then he played on a tall player and he was handling them both pretty well. And okay. that's that's he's going to be his flexibility, right? And yeah. every time he was on the mid-sized player, he was the one that looked like it was going to actually mark over the top of him. Uh, so he's an interesting prospect down back. So I was 16 disposals, three marks, you, you know, pretty in three quarters. That's that's a really good start. I'll take that for a first game back. Uh, look, any other players of note? I thought Vossi. Vossi actually ended up in my in my top three. He's probably in the third or fourth vote. Um, I had him as third, but he, he had played a different role, definitely played much more up the ground. Um, he has got his kicking boot on. I'll, I'll give him that as far as kicking for goal. He, I think he missed three or four shots on goal. So um, he, I'm, he's got a little bit of the yips that are going for goal at the moment. But around the ground, um, he was playing – 
it felt like a more like a high half forward role there. And I'm really glad they're looking to develop him in this area because I guess the, the you would say the forward entries aren't flash at the moment with a yeah. depleted midfield. Um, and so he's getting more up the ground. He took some really nice marks on the wing, had a really big presence. Uh, I think he had about six or seven marks, 17 disposals, but just had just had a really good presence over the ground. So it was actually really a uh, mature performance from him and, and just showed a little bit of different layers to his game. So um, I think Tex Wanganin popped up with one or two. So, but, you know, Poor Tex found it very, very hard because they're playing him deep forward pocket and and we're just not getting it there. So it's it's a very hard position to find form. Okay. Um, so, it, it, you know, there was a whole lot of debate of, you know, around Peter Wright, do you bring him straight in? And I was talking to Grant. I said, well, some of the argument will be is, you know, yes, you just say you're naturally just get him some practice in the well, VFL. But yeah, it makes sense. If you play him forward, he's not going to find much footy. Yeah, because it's not coming. <laughs> and when it is coming in there, it's coming in there a bit ugly, right? So, yeah. so it's, it's not going to make the most out of Peter Wright. Yeah, so it's an interesting debate um, around do you just throw him straight in. Um, uh, look, training was today. That's on a, on a Tuesday. Uh, it was a very – everyone did a very, very light session. So, But, you know, Wrighty did to do some tackling, tackling drills with Hurls. So he's obviously got some contact release at the moment. So he has been marking above his shoulders. So we'll see what how the week plays out. I say, I, don't, don't rush him. I don't assume, rush him, I assume the Thursday-Friday session will be a key one for him um, and to where, where the club kind of sees him. But um, he's medically got the tick, so we'll see where where things are at. So okay. the VFLW, uh, the girls won easily over Durban, so uh, a really, really good result. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to remember the final scores. Something like around about 40 points, uh, 35, 40 points. But uh, they're going great guns at the moment and situated in the top four. So really, really going well. The uh, the AFLW girls had, well done, girls. Uh, had the, had the uh, first training session kind of back uh, today. So they've kind of, I think they had the training session before the seniors today. Uh, so they're kind of now ramping up their season uh, and as far as, as yes, pre-season training. So that will kind of be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, so, yeah, good things happening at the club. Uh, a, ri- a ripping show, so can't be more happier. So, if look, if you're not a Patreon, if you want to hear some extra shows, um, uh, on Thursday night we have our team selection and, and, and I guess, game preview show. Yep. Uh, we have our instant reaction uh, after the game uh of each game. So it normally it's of probably 80% of it's that night. Um, but if it's for whatever reason, when we're at the MCG late at night, then it might be the next morning, but we try and do as instant as possible. Uh, I, I, it's most likely I'm going to talk to Paul cousins for a lengthy chat tomorrow night, just for the Patreon only. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so it's $5 a month if you want the extra content. And we're talking obviously, yeah, the VFL president tomorrow night. Patreon.com forward slash the lunchtime catch up. And uh, so, look, I, I think you get your money's worth. We, you get a lot and you get access to our Discord community channel. Which yeah, is now, don't, don't, dis- don't Discord. Don't, dis- <laughs> don't discount the Discord. Um, really great community over there. 300 plus people playing around on it. We love it. Yeah, it's so much Essendon and chat and, uh. and, and, and just really, really great people uh, that I, you know, mix with and, and talk to. And we're hoping to do even uh, a possible live shows even just direct to Discord soon. Absolutely, so. mate. We're, we're going to once, um, we, once we learn the technology. Absolutely, mate. What a huge show! We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, like I said, next um, the next show will be our Patreon show on Thursday night, um, then followed by our team selection. Uh, sorry, our uh, post game reaction show after the game against the Kangas, and then back to the public show on Monday. So, thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks, guys. <laughs>